Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Mangum Watches. I'm Liam here, joined by Spencer. Spencer, how you doing? Doing well, man. And I've got Levi on the line. Levi, how's it going today? Swell. And BJ. BJ, we got you. How's it going? So there we go. The official full brain trust here at MangumTalks.com. We are doing Mangum Watches. Mangum Watches is a pod where we go through an individual movie. We love to go through horror movies, and we have traditionally gone through pretty crappy horror movies. Um, if you've looked checked out any of our other mangum watch i think we did like megan is missing we did one um i don't know where some some twins night mommy her, killed it yeah good night so, mommy some really sketchy ones um go ahead bj i'm gonna take umbrage at this i tried to get you guys to watch a sketchy one i i there there was an open revolt at my sketchy suggestion and we will come back to it this yes. will be a thing i will force this upon you so we've you been trying to do like sort of like low-key like underground like horror movies that are kind of like funny like you sort of like half laugh watch hate watch whatever bj suggested something called ginger dead man which i took like two looks at and was in the veto camp i mean i, I you know i'm only one vote here but but levi joined me in that so we successfully vetoed ginger dead man levi what did you think when bj threw that suggestion out um, no man like can we <laughs> There you go. It's gonna happen. No, it's man. gonna happen. Well, Just... here's the deal: we we need to define what we're trying to accomplish here, right? We're trying to watch some absurd movies, then fair enough. But if we're trying to like enjoy ourselves a little bit and have something to talk about, I don't think we need to like inundate ourselves with like trash, right? Like you have a mountain fair enough. Dew. We'll we'll come back to it. Okay. You have a Mountain Dew every once in a while. We'll, not every we'll come day. right. We'll come back to it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's drink that Mountain Dew later. Then I <laughs> like the analogy. But, uh, but today we did one that I think everybody knows, one of the most um, famous, probably not like the most popular or watched, but definitely the most famous because it broke through in the cultural zeitgeist for a lot of reasons. We watched Child's Play. Um, so the first one, uh, yep. when, when Chucky was introduced to the world and uh, I'm kind of leading the pod here. I did the intro. I started going. I'm not remotely prepared to do any sort of discussion of the plot here. So if any of you other folks <laughs> want to jump in, let me know. Otherwise, the, the, the plot review I'm going to do is going to take about 12 minutes. So uh, I need to give a little bit of background for the reason that I initially chose Ginger Dead Man because it's something that I'd watched much more recently. But the reason that I chose Child's Play was I saw, and for me, it was I saw a Chucky movie when I was like, six seven something like somewhere around there so like I didn't know anything and it was one of the first horrors that I'd ever seen and I mean it, it scared me and it was somewhat off-putting of the horror genre but also I watched Chucky when I was like six or seven or whatever it was and so like so I was I like, all right, like... I need to to revisit this because like I have no idea what that movie was other than like I had a vague sense of a doll trying to murder people. So I feel like that happened to it. a lot of people around our age um, is that, you know, we got introduced to like the sort of, you just like, you just kind of see it on screen, the weird Chucky doll and uh, you're young and it kind of scares you. But I'm going to like, we had a period there in like the eighties and early nineties where we had almost like horror movie, like Avengers, like, right. Because you had, I'm going to start bucket as, and let me, you guys tell me if any of these are unfair. So we had like Chucky, Freddy Krueger, mm -hmm. Jason, Michael Myers, mm -hmm. right? Those are the, the four big slasher franchises. Maybe Leatherface, yeah. if you want to go with, no, like Texas Chainsaw kind of thing. Yeah. And I, I feel like we never got the Avengers movie, right? We never got them all together. But oh, well, there's there Freddy all, versus they were Jason. These different but that came out like 20 years later. <laughs> sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I throw Chucky in that group. Although, um, after rewatching this, I'm going to put it at the bottom of the group. <laughs> <laughs> I think it so, merits the same category. I think it, it, it sure. has a lot of the hallmarks of the first entry in those kind of 70s, 80s, great slasher series. It's the most serious. It's the best of the series, arguably. It is no longer really scary. I need, to, I don't, at least not for me, but I need definition unless you're no. really scared of puppets. But there's some quality filmmaking and it deserves recognition that's going into it. They clearly put some effort into this. They didn't so much in the, I don't know, how many sequels came out of this? 10, 12 at this point? Something insane. I mean, so the other thing that I do want to say is that there is a chunk of the movie that's sort of a decent thriller suspense until, until Chucky starts just like wandering around. Like the, you know, he, like he's not in places or whatever else. But then it shifts. 
So, and, so before we move on to, to, to reactions there, I, so you, you brought up something there interesting there, Terry. Would it be a great idea if we watched the first in the series of all of those? I think so. Like, yeah, it's not something that I've done. And because I'm going to go ahead and throw this out. I, I, I want to do this. Let's let's do this. And then I want to like try to like say, is it fair that we put all these sort of mentally in the same bucket? Like, where do they rank? Whatever. But my initial knee jerk reaction to that is that if we do that, we're all going to say like there's Halloween and then there's the rest of them. Because like <laughs> Halloween is actually a really good movie with like the introduction of Michael Myers. And the rest of them are like this. It's kind of like, I mean, there's good elements, I guess, but it's mostly trash. You might be. Have you seen them all? Have you seen all the originals? Probably. I, don't, I, don't, a, I don't remember. Yeah. They're buried as part of the cultural zeitgeist kind of thing. It's like whenever I, when I, I mentioned to a few friends that we were watching Child's Play and no one knew what the hell I was talking about. I said, well, it's the first Chucky movie. And everyone, oh, yeah, I know that. The, the title has no brand recognition at all. Do you mm-hmm. think they made a mistake in calling it Child's Play and not Chucky One? I don't think they were planning I don't think on they had a plan. making a yeah. series. Yeah, the, yeah it, but I this mean, did like, not if can, feel. If they what? can go back, do you think they'd go with Chucky? Yes, hundred yeah. percent. So, I think so. Too. Yeah, it, if they if they could retrospectively, you know, like Star Wars change change it to be Star Wars for the New Hope kind of thing, like retroactively change the title. Yeah, they would absolutely do that. So Spencer, you're suggesting that when Star Wars first came out, they didn't they didn't market it. As they Star absolutely Wars did. Four. They absolutely did not. That is Lucas just straight up lying now That's in later years. Very offensive to me. <laughs> I believe you would suggest such a thing. Obviously, it's been consistent this whole time. I've I, I recently rewatched a few of them before. You have to accept them as what they are, as being an 80s film that wasn't sure whether it wanted to be a good movie or a B movie for a lot of these. They're be- a lot of them are better than they need to be, though. A lot of them are actually kind of decent films in a way that's surprising, given the category they are in nowadays for that kind of horror movie. And this is not expect one of them. To be shit. Yeah, no, this is, this, is at, this is at the bottom of that group. I will agree with that assessment. Well, this is in that group. We haven't watched all of them, so we should we shouldn't prejudice opinions. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I'm curious. Let, let's start here before we go into recap. I'm curious. Could everybody give like your three sentence summary of having watched this? What'd you think? Like, Lee, you first. Okay. Um, I'll say um, shorter than I anticipated, worse than I anticipated. Um, good God, just just die, Chucky. There we go. That's that's the best I got for three sentences. <laughs> I thought it was fantastic. Uh, <laughs> never know where he's going you never know i really i really enjoyed the movie i thought i thought it was, it was a fun, fun little movie man um i mean there were some parts that were unrealistic there right i mean we can get into the to the to the, the qualms about the kid uh not wanting to watch the the cartoon he's watched a thousand times that's literally not not ever happened in the history of mankind um but <laughs> outside of those those parts that aren't particularly realistic uh i thought it was a fun fun movie dj um it i miss short movies and i thoroughly appreciated that this was not a two and a half hour long movie um i don't understand why the base movie length is now like two hours and 15 minutes for everything like that you know they just don't do like 90 90 to 100 minute movies so i appreciated that it was a reasonable length i thought the thriller aspect uh that uh, was good the acting was were they actors that they got to do this? Or yeah, was unclear. it just like they found whoa, people on the street? Whoa. Yeah, I don't agree with there. Whoa. <laughs> I, I kind of put the BJ on this acting was pretty, pretty terrible. Um, I, I don't agree. <laughs> We have to understand that, 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 that no one can act in the 80s. I don't, I don't know what happened in the 80s, but like the whole, all of the 80s, like the, there wasn't like elite tier actors, but like so, there, there's, actors. there's over the top acting yeah, and then there's the this. Everywhere. Um, these are actually pretty big actors in terms of what they got in this. These guys have been in a lot of good things. I mean, you've got Chris Sarandon, who was in Princess Bride, who was in Fright Night, who was ja- the voice of Jack Skellington. He's a pretty well-regarded actor. You've got Brad Dorff as, as Chucky himself, who, Lee, he was Doc Cochran on Deadwood for, for, for several years. He was, Bill, he was Billy Babish in, in uh, One Flew of the Cougar's Nest. It's a surprisingly mainline cast for the eighties they got for this. It was just, yeah, but the, it was just terrible. But I mean, it's, it's hard to act against like a, a doll that's like lit on fire and still like trying to kill you. I mean, it's pretty, yeah. pretty tough, but BJ, you, you raised a good point about movie links. Like the other night, like just going to, I mean, whatever, I'll divulge it. I was watching 10 things I hate about you. And um, I was like stunned at how fast it ended. I mean, I haven't watched that movie in about 10 years, but like it is, it's like 95 minutes and bang, it's out. 
And I was like, wow, that's it. Like I've been so conditioned. It wasn't until like I actually watched a 90 minute, 95 minute movie. Did I realize just how conditioned I was to the longer movies now? And it's so frustrating to me because like, it's one of the reasons that I've basically stopped watching movies is that the amount of commitment that you need for so many mod- like more modern movies is just high enough that it's like, well, is, is that what I want to do with my entire evening? Um, and I didn't need to do it for this, which was nice. Uh, totally I was, worth it for Lord of the Rings. I mean, it, it's amazing what they did with the source material. Uh, Spencer, so what do you think of uh, Child's Play? I'm just too pissed at you to respond right now, but <laughs> it, I, I view it as a ludicrous premise that they ultimately executed better than they had to. It, it is better than it really had any right to be, given the subject matter they're going with and just the utterly just satirically funny doll that they've got doing this. It's a it's a doll that should never exist on a store shelf ever in the first place. And then they've got yeah. it being the main villain in this overall tale. But I thought the acting was pretty solid. I thought the directing was actually, as you, as you know, like the first three-fourths of the film, pretty damn good in terms of building tension and thriller. Mm-hmm. And Tom Holland's actually has done some great, has done some really fun films I quite like. We, if you guys haven't seen Fright Night, we will probably watch Fright Night on this uh, podcast oh, at some point in the one. future. I like Fright Night. Fright Night was his was his debut film. He did it a couple years before this one. Also has Chris Sarandon in it. I didn't realize it was the same actor. That's that's interesting. Um, so. It, I think it falls apart a little bit at the end when it just doesn't know. It's surprisingly for a film that's like 85 minutes long, doesn't really know how to end. Won't just kill the damn doll. We know it's, we know yeah. the death is coming. Why give us 20 minutes of it? So I, I feel like the movie was filmed, like 60% of the movie was filmed. And then there were parts that were added in because they didn't know how it was going to end. So I feel like the first scenes where... There was like this voodoo chanting thing to like imbue himself into the doll. That was that the the meeting with the uh, the voodoo practitioner and then the uh, the bit at the end were just sort of tacked on once they sort of figured how to end the movie. And the rest of it was like done with some forethought. Uh, I want to where I think we're talking the three of us are dominating this conversation i want to hear uh, the remainder of levi's take on the movie if you've got it levi i feel like i want to give you some space to, to finish your take here uh you've said a lot of good things so far right you, you said this is a crisp movie they, they got in they got out they knew they knew the story they wanted to tell and they told it they told it quite well in my opinion um i agree with you bj that that the thriller aspects were fantastic but that's something that's un, un, unappreciated by people who don't watch 80s horror films right is that there's a lot of thriller element elements of 80s horror which is far better than like the sort of slasher gore crap right i mean that's that's fine it has its place it's nice uh, but it's it, it's not the meat and potatoes you want to you want to consume. Um, I agree. The dolls especially a little especially that meat that you want to consume. The, the dolls get, get, look. Look the dolls, the dolls farcical, right? I mean, it's it, 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 it's silly, right? But like Jason is silly. Michael Myers is silly. Like these are all I silly. I don't know if Michael Myers is too silly. His mentally deranged brother. Is so Terry, when the doll is silly, and that brings you out of it. What's the spectrum of a doll? that you go from hate to obsession because on one side is Chucky on the other side is Grogu and I don't know like where 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 this 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 continuum breaks down because they're all a little bit farcical so I I see what you're doing there but I will say that the fact that it's a doll really doesn't like that doesn't take me out. I get weirdly enough to maybe it doesn't take me out of it. What, what I couldn't stand was that like, actually Spencer raises a good point. The first half of this movie is a lot better than the second half. I felt like, yeah, um, fair enough. I just, I, my like coming out hot against it is really flavored from the last about 25 minutes where I just felt like the wheels completely fell off of it. And it just became so stupid where they light it on fire and they shoot it. And they, like, it just became a joke. Like, and I understand like, it's kind of a joke, all along but like it got really for me like cringy and tough to watch so um the fact that it's a doll is like i mean you have to have a premise for a horror movie whatever like that's the premise and it's fine enough i guess but um i just felt like the the, the movie itself the wheels really fell off and it, it, it got really bad right at the end what was it so i, I do we bring it up now but i mean look i, I 
I think it's we have to accept the premise that, that the dog can be that dangerous. I think it's very interesting the idea that something very small um, actually wants to harm you, right? Because that that in, introduces a lot of situations where you, you you don't expect an attack from a certain angle and allows them to to, to pounce on them. Now it is silly, right? Because like as I've demonstrated um, throughout history, right? Um, I mean, I can easily kill like forty five-year-olds so like the chucky doll is not super intimidating in, in that regard but it does have a lot of jump hard possibility right i've been on record about that for a long yeah. time That's yeah it's a, consistent about that it's it's surprisingly strong which is like it, it's the i think you have to accept that the magic that he imbues himself into the doll with also provides the doll with some sort of power that is that is not based on its like size and stature well, it's a lot. The fact we already know the doll is alive, it has blood, it has a physical heart that's developing, already suggests that this is a magical object beyond just simply an, <laughs> an, an animated creature. <laughs> so I'd say so. <laughs> yes, the fact that a lightning strike uh, transferred the, the 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 soul of a human into a doll yeah, and heart. Uh, yeah, and, and, but, and heart. But this could be an situation, guys. Like. Th- this doll had all the strength of a full-size human, but was in a smaller form. Therefore, given you know geometry and well, shit, it's just like super strong. One thing I actually like is that the doll is you know stronger, normal, whatever else. I do like the doll never has any more mass than a doll. If you just shoot this thing, it just flings across the room. Anybody yeah. can toss this thing around <laughs> like nobody's business. It is still the weight of a doll, even if it has you know extra dexterity abilities strength and, whatever and else. you can like say that that, that because of the the mass transfer like it's not getting as harmed by the shots that that you know somebody else might be because the you know there, there isn't you know the, the the kinetic energy is staying kinetic energy it's not doing damage well, well, one thing i would say about the doll, <laughs> one thing i would say about the doll is i think the doll is also purposely not meant to be taken fully seriously because the director director writers have been a writer on record before is saying this was meant to be a bit of a satire about consumerist culture the doll was meant to be a kind of twisted stand-in for the cabbage patch kids and so i think it's meant to be a kind of a bit ludicrous and a kind of bit immediately off-putting because they're trying to be a bit of a condemnation on these just overpriced toys that are being marketed through cartoons and television can you repeat that what 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 that they said it was supposed to be what Uh, a satirical take on consumerist culture okay yeah i just just, just wanted to repeat that. That is that. That's more absurd than the doll. It's just. It's just. <laughs> Terry, that's Consumer culture is the best thing that the U.S. I believe the author is dead. Like we we need to cut the mic of the director. Like I don't well, want to hear that. He also clearly watched an episode of the Twilight Zone from fifty. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it is a my buddy. Levi just all right. So obviously not a visual podcast, but Levi just pulled up a search results for the buddy doll. He's mm-hmm. he's got the my buddy doll, which I had forgotten until right now. I like to see that there's a there's a few other races for the my buddy doll in the search results. I like that. But the the primary my buddy doll kind of looks a little like Chucky. Like it's like that. It must have hurt sales of the my buddy doll when this thing came out. Probably, yeah, yeah. I mean, it also I mean, you guys ever seen the twilight zone episode uh the living doll it's from, it's from, mm, it's from no, about, about 20 seen... it's about 20 years earlier and this is very heavily cribbing on that just in the idea of a cribbing. kid gets a doll that is alive and it's a debate from the parent about whether it actually is alive or not or just the parent the paranoia that's going into it yeah talking yeah. tina oh that is a creepy looking doll but the, the thing that film plays up though is, is it's always uncertain whether it's the abusive father's own paranoia and controlling this that's convinced him that the doll's conspiring against him or whether it is actually alive or not well there's a lot of doll horror movies isn't there like another one like annabelle or is that yeah. a new one called annabelle so there's a lot of doll <laughs> horror movies every mm-hmm. generation has one that just reminds people that dolls are creepy i agree with that like I, so i want to throw out the what i thought this my take on the scariest part of the movie and I just want to hear what you guys think. So I thought the scariest thing that happened in this movie was when early in the movie, when the mom sent the, the kid to sleep and he said, Chucky wants to watch the news. I thought that was a super creepy line. And that was the scariest thing that happened. Am I, am I just out on left field here? Or did that, did, did that hit what you guys? And so that's what I'm trying to, to get at is like that, thriller suspense where like it's not like we know what's going to happen like we know what chucky is like you, you like it it's that part isn't yeah. like a surprise but like if you approach it as a we don't know what's going to happen in the movie like the is alive isn't alive like why is the kid acting like this you know the doll's not in the seat that it was supposed to be in like the tv turns on like that i think is a good 
buildup of suspense. The shoe prints, well, yeah. I, I feel like there's a, there's a single moment in this film of when it switches from thriller to slasher. And it, it, uh, I think the quality declines. The it's hammer? No, I, I think it's even a little bit mm-hmm. later than that, potentially, of where I think it's when uh, the mom, there's a tense moment when the mom realizes that the batteries are still in the box. Mm-hmm. And she's approaching over at the doll and she opens the doll and sees there's no batteries there. It's all this tense moment about how it's going to explode whatever else. And then she confronts the doll. I'm going to throw you in the fire. And then the doll wakes up and yells, <laughs> you fucking bitch, you fucking bitch, I'm going to kill you or whatever else. And at that point on, the movie transitions to the doll being a main character in the slasher villain mm-hmm. away from the kind of thriller. It, it, I think the writers even said that they intentionally made Chucky less involved with the first half of the script because they wanted to go like a, like a, like a Jaws effect mm-hmm. where they didn't want to show him too much. They wanted to keep a little bit of tension about how the murders or violence were happening. Um, and then at the last half, they wanted to go straight slasher. And I, I think there's a say. pretty clear line about then of when it just completely goes one direction or the other. Does well, Chucky like, have music? What do you mean? Like, like Jaws, Jaws has music, yeah. like other, like other villains or whatever has music. Like I, no, I couldn't, so. I couldn't tell you if this had a soundtrack. Like I'm hundred percent sure it did, but like. I just it, want to back up there for a second and say, this is why I love doing podcasts with Spencer. Spencer, you just, you just better fleshed out what I was trying to say. When I was trying to say that the back half of the movie got stupid mm-hmm. and like it changed, like for me, it changed a little bit. You, you're right. That was the, the inflection point where it, like now that I think about it, where it became a different type of movie. And that's the, that's the part that I really don't like. That first half was not, I mean, there was suspenseful parts. As I said, there's some mm-hmm. scary parts, but you're, you're absolutely right. When, when, um, when Chucky wakes up and starts like talking to her, it's like, it's like the man behind the curtain thing. You're like, ah, it's, it's less yeah. scary when I've seen it. Um, we talked about this with the mist actually, that that was like one of the the yes. downfalls of the mist where, you know, you once the, the monsters yeah. came out, it was like, all right, well, that's what this is. Um, yep. The other thing that, again, if you don't know where the movie is going, the creepy boss in the beginning, just like, <laughs> oh my God, that was just, what is going on here? And and like, I think it lends credence to Spencer. You're like, you know, throwing, throwing shade at at our consumerist culture, but just like that boss going crazy on her for like stepping out for a minute. Also just like, why is a mall open hilariously late and you need to like man the jewelry count? Like just all of this was just, I, I guess malls were more of a thing and open later, maybe. They were a big thing back then. We've got the asshole boss. We've got a woman who's working paycheck to paycheck to try to afford what is a $100 doll then, which sounds like it's a fortune for that period of time in terms of affording and buying this thing. She ends up buying it from a guy that stole it from the outside of a store or from a cart because it's the only way she could afford to get it. That had like filed teeth or something. Like his teeth were just like... We spend a lot of time roaming the homeless population of the streets of Chicago in terms of Mm -hmm. where where we go with this. We see a lot of abandoned, broken down buildings. This is showing a pretty dark side of society for the late 80s Reagan period. Well, I mean, it it was that period where like crime was like super scary thing. Like that was like, like like neighborhood crime would come up presidential debates. That's how much of the zeitgeist it was. But now that we think about it, like, I think that the, the, doll coming to life and having a heart and have being the soul of this, that, that might not be the most absurd thing in this movie. The most absurd thing might be that that lady working at a department store can afford that apartment in Chicago. Yeah. That was a big ass apartment with a lot of different rooms. Like that, that, yeah, no way, no way she's affording that. Uh-uh. I, Call I, bullshit. I checked that at some, some recent studies in the subject have suggested that that apartment would probably go for a uh, seven to $8,000 a month right now. Yeah. I mean, but also, like, what was it? Chicago has changed a lot in it the has. past 40 years. So I don't think she could have afforded that apartment. No, no, there's rent control going on there minimum for her to be able Survivor to benefits, thing. you know, did she have a husband? You know, is she just a single mom? I think, actually, that was an interesting, like, how common was that? That was, like, sort of an interesting they, thing that they didn't delve into, but just was, like, an accepted thing. Uh, um very common in Disney, less common in slasher movies. Two things we need to, we need to talk about here, Spencer. Uh, how can we allow you just to bring up, there have been studies on the matter. You read a blog post, right? Like, or like yeah. a Twitter thread. Yeah. Like, he, I, just, I, he just Googled it. Really that counts. Quickly. Okay. Uh, it's, a, it's a slasher film. I'm not, I'm not trying to pull academic works here. It's a, also, it's a good call. 
also sort of tapped in the zeitgeist of like you know you're buying your kid a dog because kids sort of like dolls like like you know friends to play with but also the fact that you're a working mom so you're not in the home you're a single mother like there's this sort of like negative this is the outcome this is what happens when you when you break down family values. You you, you don't have a husband. You have around, a murdering you gotta, doll. Got to go just work. Goes crazy. Exactly right. You got a nanny. Um, you a, you a, have a a, a, a a the aunt that that comes in. Well, what, you know, uh, she's chucked out a window, but yeah, that lady. But if, if, for, if we're focusing on highlights, one thing I want to give credit to is I thought the kid did okay. And I kind of like that he wasn't just a passive victim in all this and actually played mm-hmm. a bit of a role in defeating Pretty, Chucky at the end. The kid did a good job. I'll give the kid some credit. That's see, for sure. See, the, the, the character's six, and I can't imagine the kid's much older than that. Uh, he really actually... I don't know if they just scared the shit out of this kid when they were filming it, but he brought some pretty authentic emotions. Like, there's one scene later of when the kid is in... Um, he, he's in a mental asylum because they're assuming the kid's actually the murderer. Mm-hmm. Um, and Chucky's going to murder the kid because he's found out from this voodoo teacher that he learned from that that's how he can essentially continue on in a, in a human body again. Is by what an, what an absurd premise. It's <laughs> just, it's absurd. Again, that, that's why I think that the, like, <laughs> well, those scenes were post hoc. Possible, really? yes. Um, and he is stalking this kid inside this mental asylum. And the kid is actively running away from this. He's huddled in fear he's holding a scalpel and for me that child actor is selling just abject fear about what the hell is happening to him to a point that i'm really worried about what the production of this film was like for that child actor i don't know if i'm that worried i mean i think he just did a good job i think he just just crushed it but but it's probably a lot easier to tell a kid hey you need to you need to pretend to be scared of that doll but yeah sure that's totally in my wheelhouse than an adult right he probably would like sand um I enjoy the kid escapes him from the, the place himself, mm-hmm. from Chucky himself. I enjoy that he fights back. And I enjoy that he's the one that ultimately sets Chucky on fire, helping his mom. I don't uh, do know you what like the... that he went to the crack house? It was an interesting scene. <laughs> uh, that he was... rode the, the L by himself in like the middle of the day in Chicago to like a terrible part of town. I felt there, were, there was some societal indictment that was going into some of those scenes. Of when that sure. kid is alone on the subway, he's walking the streets among the homeless, and no one asks a damn question of him at any point. That felt like it's a little bit of pointing a finger at society there. Levi, I've got, I've got a question for you. You've been pretty positive about the movie so far. Do you think, now just watch, just try, best you can, try to put this movie just in a vacuum. Okay, just watch this movie. Does it make any sense to you that they said, okay, we've now we need to make like 10 sequels to this thing because we've got something here? Uh, I didn't look up. How much did it make of, make of the box office? 44 million. How much was the budget? 9 million. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm just <laughs> mean like, I mean, from the quality of the film, from your perspective, when you look at that, are you like, yeah, we need a sequel here for sure? Nah, but like, they're, they're trash horror movies everywhere, right? I mean, like, the, the, the quality of, of, of the the Jason movies, right? I mean, they very rapidly just became absolutely silly, and there were like fifty thousand of them. Um, so, like, it, whatever. It's interesting too that uh, Tom Holland only did the first of the the Child's Play films, and it seemed like the sequel that he was potentially setting up was going to be focused on the kid, because the last scene of this film is the kid hesitating to help his mom, and then when the doll's destroyed, the kid just kind of creepily looking at it with the camera ending as the doors partially closing on the kid, like Jack Nicholson style. Mm-hmm. So it seemed like they were setting up the kid might've been the villain in the next film if they were going to do another one, but they went straight Chucky for everyone after they dropped Tom Holland for new futures. I mean, I'm just like, Terry, to your point, like name a horror film that you think demanded a sequel. Oh. And, and Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think there are some. I mean, I, I, I guess what I, maybe I didn't phrase the question well. I guess what I'm trying to to get at <laughs> is, um, I want people. I, I was trying to ask, like, this thing didn't. This wasn't like let's let's make a sequel. It became a monster franchise that has spawned like 30 years of movies. And I guess my question is, when you just look at this film, does it make sense that it would it would create all of that? Like, is it like? does that make like because to me it doesn't like to me i look at this and like yeah it's nice it's kind of a throwaway and it's kind of shocking in retrospect that like they it spawned like another like 20 years of movies i mean i think this like exceeded expectations by a factor of five ten like you know the the budget that went into it and the the return that they got and and you know then why not like it's the 80s like there isn't 
Well, I mean, there's also like the, that's just a thing in horror movies, right? You can make them super cheap, and they can can get a half decent return on investment. You're not gonna you're not making Titanic money, you're not making Avatar money, but you'll make some money, right? So, but I you, you're absolutely right, uh, uh, Terry. Is that the the quality of the movie doesn't say that this should spawn a massive franchise, but having a couple of sequels, why not? Sure, make a, make a little money. I keep making money. But yeah, I mean, when was the last? Like, let's look it up. When was because there was a Chucky movie in the like the two thousands. Like, I think they remade Child's Bride of Chucky. They did like not too long well, ago. They they just remade it like just a couple years ago, didn't they? Yeah. Well, uh, I think when you say a couple of years ago, that's Spencer. A couple of years ago, so no, there was twenty nineteen. There was eighty eight. Oh, okay. there, there was ninety for the sequel, ninety one for the third, then ninety eight jumps to two thousand four. We had a little bit of a, a lull there. And then mm-hmm. we had a rapid adoption. We had 2013, 2017, 2019 as the reboot. It's coming back, baby. Spencer. Yeah, that's, that's what's kind of shocking to me is that it just created all of this shit. So, so the remake, uh, the person that voiced Chucky, Terry, would you be into watching the remake because of who voiced Chucky? Who is Mark it? Mark Hamill himself. Yeah. Well, here's the thing on that is that Mark Hamill has done a lot of voice acting and like, yeah. I very rarely can tell it's him. Like he's really good at voice acting. Like I've, yeah. mm-hmm. I've, I've, like I've watched things, and then people have told me later, "Oh yeah, that was Mark Hamill." I'm like, oh, yeah. Did, fuck Luke Skywalker's in the movie. I had no did idea. Did you ever watch Batman the animated series? Yeah. Yeah. I that like hearing that. Right yeah. It's just like what. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of voice acting for like, you know, major movies nowadays of where it's they just hire a recognizable actor and they just do their voice. Mark Hamill's yeah. a professional voice actor. He can yeah. do all kinds of voices he needs to for roles. I know. And that was like the big misstep. We're definitely tangent here. But well, that was a big misstep. It was like of the like the Star Wars cast, like he was the one who like amounted to nothing. It's like, no, Carrie Fisher was kind of the one that really didn't amount to much. <laughs> like Mark Hamill. Uh, uh, okay, Terry. I mean, that's 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 a little harsh. It's got, well, it's true. I mean, no, it's, it's, true. Not. it's true. It's true. She didn't do a lot of stuff after that. And like uh, the stuff that she was in was kind of bit parts. So like, I mean, he was like a really successful voice actor. Made a lot of money doing it. Plus, yeah. I, I, I feel like I we mean, don't. Mm. Based on the, you know, the, the big three casts, you're absolutely right. Right. I mean, that, the other ones had, had independent roles and jobs and, and like career paths um, as opposed to like bit crap. Um, but I will say, look, it, Back to 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 this movie. Um, there are some weird parts, my guys. But did you have fun watching the movie? Sure, DJ. Uh, it was a lot better than I expected. This this would get this gets a pass for me. Um, and and Levi, you'll I think you'll love me to hear me say this. It's not as good as Ravenous. Oh, it was not as good as Ravenous. Oh, duh. But continue. Um, at, but it had some of the same. I, I went in expecting a lot less and, and it surprised me. I like Megan is missing better than this. I just want to point that out. If, so if you were to rewatch any, any one of the ones that we'd go so far, Megan is missing would be the rewatch for you. No, Ravenous would be the rewatch. Ravenous is the best movie for sure. Yeah. But, um, but, but Terry, did you have fun watching it? Yes. You're, 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 okay. It's a great question. And you've, you've boxed me in a corner here because I'm trying to be negative about it, but I can't, I can't deny that I had fun watching. <laughs> I think it, like BJ, like you know, I think it's really helped that it's breezy. It is 85 minutes and there's, though it's got some kind of tense build up moments, I was never bored. It, it, gave, no. it gave 85 minutes of entertainment and it was done. There was no like slow build moments that weren't interesting or any point or anything else. And even if we got kind of ludicrous at the end with the puppet and I was kind of just rolling my eyes as that keep going, I was still watching and enjoying it. This yeah. was like a this was like a big date movie in the 80s too. Can you imagine taking a, a date to this? I will probably end up showing it to Bridget again here soon. So yes, sure. I, I mean, I, I think this is the you sit in the dark and don't pay attention to the movie kind of date movie, not like the I, I think that would be probably be the plan when you go, but I mean, that would be a little hard to make a move. Well, I think it's a this movie. I think it's a better date horror film uh, than pretty much any than taking almost any modern horror film by comparison, because it's not exceptionally gory. It's not overly mm-hmm. scary. It's mostly just a thriller with an interesting premise. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. And it's yeah, but okay. yeah. I don't, I don't think we really need to do a full recap because we've kind of already hit a lot of points. But no. one, one thing I'm curious about is we kind of discussed this a little bit, but how did y'all feel about the voodoo 
plot being a central part of making this story happen. Did that work for you? Did it feel tacked on? Why do you think it was there? BJ? The, so the the first bit, right? The 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 lightning strike transfer of of of, of a soul. Uh, fair enough. Uh, the second part was was a little weird, a little unnecessary. Uh, we, we essentially get like I mean, the frame. We got three voodoo moments. We got the first one of when our our murderer is shot in the toy store and he transfers his consciousness to the doll to keep to keep going. And I thought that was pretty effective. There was some, there, there was some fun work with special effects and whatever else that made it happen. And you're not even really sure at that moment what's happening. It's got some good mystery. Then there's him killing his voodoo practitioner with his own voodoo doll in that kind of whole moment. Mm-hmm. And then there's the final kind of return to the first moment of when he tries to transfer his consciousness into the kid. Of those three, number one and number three work for me okay. Number two, no. So, go ahead, BJ. I was going to say, it felt to me like somebody told them that they had an all-white cast and that wasn't something that they should do. That's Um, not, that that conversation did not happen in the 80s. In 88? No. They were not concerned about that. I'll take that bet every time. That that woke idea never happened. Nope, nope, nope. It's it's, just such a weird departure. Like, no, I think that like the thing here is they felt the need to explain yes. the fact that the doll came to life. They, they felt the need to give you some sort of explanation for it. I'm in the camp, and I, I think it can be argued both ways, but I'm in the camp that I didn't need it explained. I'm okay with it not being explained. But I can see why they said, okay, well, we're going to like, all right, let's work backwards here. We've got like a, a doll that's killing everybody. Like we got to somehow like connect the dots and explain to the, the, the viewer how this happened. I would have been totally okay without that explanation. But that being said, I'll caveat it by saying if they don't do the voodoo plot and they do some sort of like origination story and explaining how this happened, I don't know how they fill even 90 minutes. So like at some point they were just, I think they were looking for content. Um, but I didn't, I didn't necessarily need the explanation of the, where the, how, why the doll's alive. I was going to say to your point, I think scene one and three were okay. Not great, but okay. Scene two where he actually like visits his voodoo teacher and like breaks his bones and then like stabs the doll was disappointing at best. I would not say that was the strongest scene of the film. I, mean, I think that to me, that was close other than like the doll doing really crazy shit. A la like spinning Yoda. Like th- this was a, you know, the, the, the voodoo master scene was, was probably the low point for me. I, I don't disagree that it wasn't the best scene, but it did it, it, as a plot point, right? You have to d- define the motivation of why the doll needs to re-engage with 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 the family that it terrorized, uh, because otherwise the doll's just going to go out and like you know kill drug dealers like by by slashing their their Achilles tendon. Um, but it's fine, right? I, I I can't think of a better way off the top of my well, head of of like defining that motivation. Well, th- this is a this kind of scene is in almost every horror film, but it's usually part of the main character's investigation of how to stop the bad guy. Yep. Mm-hmm. Of where you go into their background, you talk to people that know them, you find out the secret mystery, you find out the weakness, you find that aspect of their history you can use to exploit them. This film didn't make it part of the main characters, the, the detective of the wife story. They made it part of Chucky's story. Yeah, it's weird and that, that the, the, he would be doing it, right? Yeah, it's, that, yeah. Is, that is that was what makes it. And like story. if the detective had found the dude and then this happened or we saw the aftermath or like there was some reason like in between that was a little bit more like background, it might have made more sense. And Spencer, like I... I almost had forgotten about the detective and how like terrible detective he was and how goofy like the the mom just like ordering the detective around and the detective just being like, all right, lady, like whatever. So uh, one other thing about this, this movie that stuck out to me is that I got nostalgic for movies that are made on like, like sound stages, like that are not like shot on location. Like this was obvious, <laughs> like this was obviously like in like a movie set, like where they you know, they build the sets and it's very small seeming like, cause they, they, they don't do that as often. Like now, now it's a lot of like shoot on site and there's larger shots. And so it just, even just like the cert- certain scenes in the film, I just felt like it was much smaller and it just jumped out to me. You could kind of tell when they transitioned from she's walking up to her apartment and then suddenly they're on a soundstage in terms of the back alley that's around the apartment or something, or she's in a mall and they go to the back alley. And that's clearly a soundstage kind of moment when they transition between them. One of the things this film did as well that a lot of these other 80s films didn't do for their um, 
horror thriller slasher kind of thing is that they made Chucky an independent focus from the main character. When you think about these other ones, like, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween, Friday the 13th, you never see, you very rarely see uh, the bad guy or having any dialogue or having any scenes outside of either the main character or an immediate murder victim they immediately transition away from it. You never Mm -hmm. see the bad guy have a conversation with somebody or just hang out or voice motivations or talk about, you know, concerns or anger or whatever else. They typically don't have any lines other than some quippy, like, taunting one-liners. Chucky, in this one, and they expanded on it in all the sequels, is a character in a way that a lot of the other guys aren't. Mm -hmm. Did you see all the sequels? I've seen more than a couple, and they're bad, but I've watched them. It's a a very good point. And and I I swing the other way. I mean, I want, like, the the, whoever made the Jaws comparison is a good one. Like, I, I, like... I like Michael Myers like that, that, that whole setup, how they do Michael Myers is what I like in a horror movie. If you're going to have a big bad guy who comes around and kills people, I like how they executed that. And he is exactly what you're talking about. Spencer. You don't even, he do not even talk, you know, you never see him independently. Hell, you barely ever see him on screen. Um, and I like that. Well, it's part of the thing is that most of the, we, we, we call them slasher films, but they're much more along the lines of like a Jaws of where the villain is a force of nature. They're scarcely understood. They're sca- they're, they can't reason with them. You can't talk to them. They're not a person. They're, they're kind of like a, a, a manifestation of murderous will. Chucky is a person. He's petty. He's vengeful. He's angry. He's looking to get particular revenge on a couple people. And then he wants to transfer his consciousness to kids so he can live longer. It's, it's much more human in some ways than a lot of these other guys ever were. Whether that works for you or not, it's definitely different. Yeah. Michael Myers is invincible until the very last movie when they decided to empower Jamie Lee Curtis. And it was just a, a film of her beating the shit out of Michael Myers, which did nothing for me. But I mean, I don't know, it was cathartic for some people. It's my review of that. Um, all right. <laughs> anything else on Child's Play we want to talk about? So uh, some of the, one of the things that, that's a little bit adjacent to Child's Play that I really was curious because this would be very entertaining to me. How many of you guys watch this early Sunday morning? Me. Um, I definitely did. Spencer, was that your uh, as well? Or or did you actually watch it at night? Because like for a lot of these, I've been watching them like Sunday morning before we record or like a very weird time, at least in my head to watch a horror movie. Yeah, I I watched it over dinner with a massive plate of Chinese. Good good for you getting some Chinese. Um, Yeah, no, just so people know, like we typically record about 10 a.m. on Sunday. Um, And so what BJ is saying is that like he and I did it, too got up and like probably watched it at like seven or 8 a.m. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I did that also like at the gym, like with the, <laughs> with it, like visible to people. So like people who were at the gym on Sunday morning at like seven 30 could see that I was watching Chucky. I, I like to do what's called the, for me, the five minute test of where I'll watch the first five minutes and decide whether I want to put up with it that night. And if it's good for the first five minutes, I'll keep watching it. If not, I will watch it in the morning before we record <laughs> What, how, how many takes did it take for Megan is missing? How, how many times did you, did you play that for you? Had to four days, <laughs> like four days time. of five minute meetings. Just kept me failing the five minute <laughs> test over and over again. I, I, I eventually did it in like the, a couple hours before we recorded. It's like, I'm a professional. We're getting this done. Um, like, so when I think somebody had mentioned about that, that like, you know, it's hard to do in one go. I started relatively early like while I was sort of waiting on experiments at work. And so like, you know, in, in downtime and, and stuff like that, which the, the early morning Sunday thing has, has allowed me to avoid um, because that's, that was a little too weird for me. Um, And also a little bit too much. uh, I think that there are horror films that will benefit from the earbud experience. Um, I think, uh, Ravenous might have been one of them because the sound is so important for that one. Uh, and it adds mm-hmm. rather than a little ASMR going on with that one. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure it's that, but yes. <laughs> Same sort of idea. You want your earbuds in because you want to hear, hear closely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I watched it early Sunday morning too. And maybe, maybe that colors. I don't, I don't know though. I, I, I like you, it as an experience. Give it, to me, give it to me Saturday night in a crowded movie theater. That's dark. I still think I'm going to hate the back half of that movie. Here's another question, which often comes up in slasher films. I think it's a bit of an easier one for this one, just because there actually aren't that many kills in this movie. I kind of forgot how few kills there are in the first movie. Which was the best kill for y'all? Well, when he chucked the babysitter out of the window, that was the best. Yeah, the the hammer to the head, like it it started going a little bit off the rails there, but that was 
That was I mean, like the most like uh, surprising. I don't know, like <laughs> as much as it, that was the most realistic one. If <laughs> you want to talk about how realistic it is, is I'm, I'm trying to remember that kill because like it wasn't it wasn't super like Chucky like running at her with a hammer. It was, it was still in the like what's going on with the kid part of the movie. Mm-hmm. And we don't see necessarily Chucky do it. It was not like she ever actually sees him. We just see her get hit with a hammer and out the yeah. window. And there's a lot of buildup to it too. It's like you still think the kid could have done it. Yeah. She she spends several minutes wandering around this apartment having that kind of fear that we all suddenly have when you just suddenly realize you're alone in an apartment and you just get scared for no apparent reason and make up something to be scared of. She happened um, all the time. All the time. So, I watch too many horror movies. So but, actually but, really funny, Spencer, you're talking about that scene. Um, it really bothered me that she tucked the kid in with shoes and like the way she did it was like I like it it was explained later and talked about later which I kind of appreciated because I was was just like what is this crazy babysitter doing shoving this kid's shoes like into his presumably clean sheets this is (laughs) this is insanity it's like dog ear and a a page in a book BJ is like just making you crazy yes (laughs) Either that or, you know, writing it in a pen, it's a terrible thing. Uh, Never write in pen in a book, yeah. Levi, favorite kill? Uh, I liked the voodoo doll kill. I thought that was cute. When he breaks, snaps the guy's limbs and everything else like that? Yeah, it's a a cute way of, like, making up the the, the physical gap, right? Um, And, you know, if you're going to bring voodoo in there, why not get the voodoo doll in it? So it could be in the hands of a kid. I thought I thought it was cute. I mean, I agree. The first one was obviously the most tense, right? It's the most tense and uh, suspenseful. So by some measure, it's the best. But in terms of like the one that I saw that I smiled at, it was that one. (laughs) Do I have it right right that Chucky kills, I think, four people in this movie? Uh, Sounds about right. Kills the friend, babysitter. Yeah. Drug dealer. Yeah. Voodoo guy. uh, And the partner. The partner. The partner? The, the detective's partner, I thought. No, he lives. No, he, he, okay. kill, he kills the doctor. That's right. Oh, yes, yes, yes. With, with the... Um, uh, the um, ECT. Yeah. Um, electrocutes him, essentially. That's yeah. also, also a good death. Yeah, that, that was... So the, there's the movie interesting death, and then there's the, like, creative death. And I feel like we sort of hit on, on like, the different ones um in terms of like the the hammer was narrative like part of the narrative and sort of in the thriller horror part of it and then it's just like you're an insane asylum using the electroshock therapy to like fry this dude um i'm a little surprised that they didn't do like the skeleton thing um given how campy they were going on that latter half but they went pretty realistic with that guy dying as much as you can yeah. for you to faking electrocuting somebody. Okay. Anything else we want to talk about? Anybody have any other takes on Child's Play One? It, it was better than I better than I remembered it being, and less tongue in cheek than I remembered it being. So yeah, took, it, took itself. Yeah, Child's Play One does take itself more seriously than the, than the other ones. That's a so. Uh, I think as we're doing with all of these, I think we need to have a letter grade. Ooh, uh, okay. All right, letter grade for Child's Play. That's a tough one. Um, what do you What do you think, Spencer? Spencer never gives anything above a C. So what What What's the? I'm saying this and it's never true. I'm going to give this a C plus. There you go. See, it's an A plus from Spencer. I think it's above average. I think it's, a, it's a successful enough entertainment. Nothing to write home about, but it's a film that I recommend. Just if somebody's looking for something fun to watch. Spencer, you would write home if you ever got a C plus. Don't Don't play that. <laughs> Would they uh, let me come home? That's a different question. <laughs> Curve it up in law school. Uh, Terry. D plus. All right. So technically a pass, but not really a pass for anything that matters. Yeah. I mean, it, it's not. So I would give it an F if I, would, if I had the take of this is no one would, should ever watch this ever. Like that would be enough. This is a D plus because uh, there are probably some people out there who are going to like legitimately like this movie, but the vast majority of people who are going to watch this and appreciate it are going to like it for nostalgic reasons, not for any real quality of the of the movie or anything the movie does itself. Just because they remember Chucky and they've watched a bunch of the Chucky movies and they're in on it. Fair enough. I mean, I, I would say I agree with Spencer. This was a C plus for me. It was it was better than I expected. I expected to be out on it a lot earlier, just sort of given what uh what it was and and i enjoyed basically the thriller part of the movie 
And, you know, it was kind of out on the other aspects, but to me that, you know, the failures of the other aspects bring it down, but the thriller was good. Leva. Heard what you guys have said. I think you guys are being a little harsh. Um, I, I, this is not a movie that I had any nostalgic love for. I actually, this is the first time I've ever, ever seen this movie. Um, I don't think Ooh. I've seen it, seen it, seen a Chucky movie. Um, just not a thing, right? Remember, I don't it's like white people music. Gotcha. Nah, it's just, I watched some horror movies uh, when I was a kid, right? Um, mm-hmm. uh, Friday the 13th was obviously something that, 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 that we watched a fair bit of. Um, but Chucky, I never got around to it, right? So I just, just didn't happen. Um, I think it's a B. I think it's a B movie. It's, 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 <laughs> It's a fun movie. Um, is it like high art? No, but it's a, it's a fun movie. You all said you liked it, right? That you had fun. I think it's unfair to grade it a, a D plus if you had fun watching it. Get out of here! This is ridiculous. You're you you you're, it's not you're, an F. You're no, come on, man. Like this is far too hard. Um, if you had graded a C, fair enough. C plus, fair enough. I'm not, I'm I'm not gonna kill you on that one. But a D plus when you had fun with the movie. Like, what do you want? The point is, is to be entertained and you were entertained. You had a good time. It's fantastic. Yeah, I, I grade it down because that that just absolutely teeth clenchingly frustrating, like last 30 minutes of that movie. Like the fucking doll won't die. It's just stupid. And it just I mean, it's just absolutely awful to watch. You, you still watch Star Wars. Like we, we, I was going to say, if we're talking about really hard to watch 30 yeah, minutes and that being a problem. Like, we're throwing throwing grenades here. You gave it a fucking B. Like what? What don't you give an A if you gave this a fucking B? Like, I think our grades are all sideways here. Uh, so so Levi, Levi's a big proponent of grade inflation. His goes up to an A++. <laughs> one thing I also, one last thing I want to credit the film for. Uh, I thought the animatronic work they did on the doll, pretty damn impressive for 88. I, I, I mean, they, they did an even mix of both ch- uh, child actors, dwarves, and, uh, and, and animatronic models. They were controlled by remote control. And I thought it worked fairly well in terms of making that. They did with the animatronics. Hmm? They did they, dwarves. They had, they had they had little whatever the accepted term is nowadays. Yes, <laughs> they, had, they, had, they had little actors in, 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 in dressed up like Chucky for certain scenes when they, little people. I think is what we're supposed to call. Them. Yeah, um, I didn't realize uh, that's interesting. Okay, well, look, man, you're all over the Wikipedia page for this thing. I appreciate it. Um, okay, so we've got what C's C's a D and a B. So it, it grades out to a C. Yeah, for the main crew here. I think that's pretty fair. You know, throughout the high and the low, uh, we have the, the the cranky Russian judge and the French judge will take anything. And, and you know, it's what it is. Kill the damn doll. Just kill him faster. Well, I, I, it seems that we may have a bit of suggestion then for our next time around that we explore a bit of 80s slasher films. So it's their first entries in the series. See whether they still hold up. I thought that was a really good idea. Levi, do you have any suggestions on the next one? I mean, I think Friday the 13th is the obvious choice, right? Well, yeah, so we have Friday the 13th, we have Nightmare on Elm Street, and then we have Halloween. Um, and um, then maybe Texas Chainsaw Massacre, if we want to include Texas that. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, okay. That'd be, uh, let's, do, let's include that. Then uh, let's do uh, Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th one. Okay, I like it. Write it down, folks. That's what we're doing next time on Mangum Watches. Okay. Awesome. Uh, enjoy doing the podcast with you here, reviewing uh, Child's Play 1 with the with the Manga Brain Trust. Thanks for joining us, Mangum Watch. We'll be back next time with Friday the 13th, part one.